Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Thomas and it's my honor to be your host. For the second time this week, tonight's story was written by Joe, and as the title suggests, it's another beauty. We'll join a traveler named Sanyu as he visits the Balinese district of Ubud, and we'll explore this extraordinary part of Indonesia through his curious eyes. Before that, I'd like to remind you that the best way to listen to the show is on our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium. With over 500 full-length episodes, a weekly bonus episode exclusive to premium supporters, and an entirely ad-free listening experience, Get Sleepy Premium makes a good night's rest even easier to achieve. Not only will you find our regular scheduled episodes and premium bonuses, there's also special long-length stitched versions of some of our most popular series, like The Pocket Family, Beauty and the Beast, and of course, Lily's Rainy Day Bakery. Tomorrow's bonus episode is the last from another ongoing series of Celtic meditations. This one is centered on the Beltane celebration from the Wheel of the Year, and it's all about renewal. It would mean the world to have your support, so be sure to join us on the premium feed. You get a seven-day free trial when you first sign up. Go to getsleepy.com support or just follow the link in the show notes. Thanks, everyone. Before we begin our adventure, let's take a little time to prepare for the journey. Close your eyes when you're ready, and shift into a position that feels easy and comfortable. Bring your attention to your body as you slowly scan up and down. Become aware of the sensations that arise along the way. Notice your breath wherever you feel it, perhaps in the rise and fall of your chest as you breathe in and out. Now, rest your hands gently on your stomach and allow your attention to linger in this space. Bring your awareness to the point of contact between your palms and stomach. You might notice the breath moving through your body, 
lifting and lowering your hands as they rest on your stomach. Enjoy the comfort and peace of this moment. Relish the feeling of your own natural breath. And now, let go of everything but the sound of my voice as we bring to mind the setting of our story, a sun-soaked paradise filled with tropical wildlife and a unique spiritual charm. This is where our story begins. Southeast Asia is home to the largest archipelagic state in the world. Indonesia consists of over 17,000 islands, including Bali, tonight's destination. This tropical isle is the westernmost province of the Lesser Sunda Islands. It's nestled between its neighbours, Lombok and Java. Nicknamed the Island of the Gods, Bali is a small island with a big reputation. It's famed for its natural beauty. It boasts turquoise surf and idyllic beaches with white sand in some places and black sand in others. Along the coastlines is a rugged backdrop of mountains, cliff sides and active volcanoes. Bali is known for its colourful landscape and the terraced rice fields on the hillsides. They form carpeted stairways in a kaleidoscope of green, with colours so vivid that they seem almost imagined. Emerald rainforests sit within valleys entirely surrounded by rolling jade-green hills. Tropical flora is hidden below jungle-like canopies, among grottos, streams, and secluded waterfalls. Tourists flock to this tropical paradise to surf, relax, shop, and eat. Many come to see the wildlife, or the diverse marine life, around the coral reefs. Bali is also a mecca of all things spiritual, and it attracts many visitors for just that reason. The beauty of the island seems the ideal setting to combine exploration with healing and self-discovery. People seek tranquility in the shrines and temples and in the countless retreats offering yoga and meditation. Sanyu, a traveler in his twenties, has come to the district of Ubud, the beating heart of Balinese culture. It's the most popular area for this reason, and it's a place he's long dreamt of visiting. 
Sanyu was born in Uganda, where his name means joy or happiness. Joy for Sanyu comes from traveling the globe, and that's what he's doing now. He spent the past two months touring Indonesia, and he's seen wonderful sights across the islands. Along the way, he's heard tales of Bali, its friendly people, delicious food, and overall atmosphere of easy contentment. So he's delighted to be here in Ubud, which is prettier and more peaceful than he'd ever imagined. The district of Ubud comprises several villages, which together form the uphill town. It sprawls outwards in every direction among the rice fields, ravines, and foothills in the mountains. To the west and northwest are luxury hotels with glorious views of the Balinese scenery. Tourists float in high-up swimming pools and enjoy views of lush, green valleys. They can watch the cyclists who navigate the rice fields on the hypnotic paths that wind throughout. To the east, is an 11th century cave. It's home to the vast remains of a Hindu temple, which also has some Buddhist elements. People can wander through the pools and gardens and take in the beauty of the ancient architecture. The area to the south is built up and it's one of the hotspots frequented by tourists. There's a range of accommodation alongside cafes and art galleries. People pass through on the journey southwards on their way to visit the sacred monkey sanctuary. Sanyu arrived in Ubud just two days ago. Yet already he's embraced the ways of the island. He woke early this morning and cycled southwards, where he took in the sunrise cross-legged on the sand. How wonderful it was begin the day basking in the salty sea air, and to hear the waves lapping against the shore above the distant sounds of gamelan chimes. From the beach, he rode northwards to a nearby waterfall, beautifully set in jungle-like wilderness. He parked his bike and strolled towards the falls. At just after seven, he was the only one there. Sanyu walked towards the sound of running water until eventually he came to the knee-deep pool. The falls were enclosed within a tranquil cove with high walls of bright, mossy green. He waded in without hesitation, standing below the white, foamy veil. The curtain of cool, fresh water flowed over him. 
It was an invigorating experience, and certainly refreshing. A moment that left him feeling present and alive. Afterwards, he swam through the basin. He floated on his back, gazing at the sky. And he listened to the birds as they sang their morning song. Sanyu felt awake and incredibly calm. Time spent in nature soothed his senses, and he felt deeply connected to land and water. It was a beautiful start to the day. Now he's here in the center of Ubud, ready to explore Balinese culture. He's changed into shorts and a t-shirt, and comfortable walking sandals. Sanyu's plan is to wander through the market, located at the center of the Ubud district. He'll take in the sights and sample the food, eating like a local. Other tourists that he's met along his travels have spoken highly of this busy central market. They've gushed about the craftsmanship of the handwoven bags and the colorful wooden artwork. The colors, in fact, are what Sanyu notices first. They jump off the stalls and the products. There are hand-painted wallets, mosaic-style pottery, and handmade scarves of patterned silk. Dresses and sarongs display tropical prints in bold shades of yellow and fuchsia. Multicolored necklaces hang nearby, beside rows of hats and colored woven bags. The stores themselves are also eye-catching. Many have umbrellas raised at their front, opened to display triangles of color. They're fixed above the stands, jutting into the walkway, to shelter the products and customers below. Luckily, it's April, in Bali's dry season so the umbrellas offer shade from the sunshine rather than shelter from the rain. Bali is beautiful in April, with cloudless blue skies and lovely warm weather. Sanyu chose to come now for this very reason. It's warm and wonderful and only just in season. The benefit of this is that it's relatively quiet. The temples and beaches aren't crowded with tourists, and it's possible to have a waterfall to yourself. The market of Ubud has a fair few customers, meandering happily with bags full of shopping. Occasionally, mopeds ride up and down the streets, as do cyclists weaving seamlessly between the flow of foot traffic. Balinese locals work at the stores, sitting happily 
and chatting to customers. Some crochet, carve wood, or paint whenever they aren't needed elsewhere. Others sip tea and burn incense as they work, which is why the whole market smells like sandalwood and lemongrass. Some of the products on sale are the usual sunglasses, bracelets, and typical souvenirs, while other items seem uniquely Balinese. Wooden wall hangings are shaped like surfboards, with words and pictures carved on their front. One has welcome written at its center, beside an etching of palm trees on a long stretch of sand. Below there are bowls shaped like the island. Knots and grains swell beautifully through their wooden surface. The friendly saleswoman tells Sanyu that they are handcrafted, made from the mahogany of local trees. Further along, there's a table of hand drums. They remind Sanyu of other drums he's seen back home. He likes the colors around the bass. The drums are decorated with dot painting. Orange, yellow, and turquoise markings form wave-like swells and balls of sunlight. Nearby, landscapes of the island are celebrated on canvas, brought to life in oil paint. One scene depicts a lovely waterfall, similar to the one Sanyu bathed in this morning. The white curtain of water contrasts strikingly against the mossy green walls of a secluded cove. Another painting catches Sanyu's eye, and he recognizes the hallmarks of a Hindu temple. The building stands out among green surroundings, its brickwork painted in brightest orange. It rises upwards like a thin step pyramid. The temple is ornately decorated and has a golden door at the center. Over 85% of Balinese people identify as Hindu, unlike the majority of Indonesians who are Muslim. Balinese Hinduism combines Hindu and Buddhist beliefs alongside traditions of the indigenous community. Gods and goddesses are thought to be present in all things, including the nature that's so abundant on the island. A tree, for instance, might be home to a spirit, as might a cloth, a bowl, or an animal. Nature is important to the people of Bali and deeply entwined with spiritual philosophy. Sanyu can see this from the market stalls. There are ornamental Buddhas beside carvings of monkeys. A decorative elephant hangs on a wall. 
it's a bright pink hue with patterns of teal. It looks every bit the sacred animal with golden glitter on its tusks. Inches away is a circular hanging, the Om symbol, carved within a flower. Sanyu has learnt about the Om already. It's a sacred syllable, thought to represent the essence of the universe. Om is often recited at the start and end of prayers, and in practices of yoga, chanting, and meditation. Exploring the market is like exploring the island. It gives insight into what Bali is about. To Sanyu, it seems to be a wonderful paradox. Bali is loud, yet peaceful. Busy, yet still. There's a laid-back energy that feels calm and restful, and a carefree spirit permeates the air. This feeling is amplified by the sound of music emerging from a stall that Sanyu approaches. A young man sits before a wall of ukuleles. They're like tiny guitars of every color. The man's expression is fixed in an easy smile as he strums away on a bamboo ukulele. The sound reminds Sanyu a little of a banjo, only it's sweeter and daintier in pitch and timbre. The notes are gentle, as if the musician's fingers only graze each string. Sanyu recognizes the music. It's an altered version of a modern pop song. The tempo is much slower, so it's suited to the pace of the island. It's hard to imagine a better form of advertising than the sweet melodies which echo from this place. Tantalizing smells are equally effective, alerting Sanyu to a nearby cafe. His appetite is stirred by the smell of baking bread, freshly ground coffee, and other delicacies that he can't quite identify. He follows these scents out of the market and along the pavement that runs beside the road. He passes various buildings of different shapes and sizes. There are supermarkets, restaurants, salons, and spas. Each building is surrounded with thriving greenery. Lawns, gardens, flowers and plants in decorative pots. The town is filled with trees. They line the pavements and the edges of roads with lush green canopies that hang above the traffic. The trees grow between buildings and before shopfronts and restaurants, their shade forming beautiful patterns on the sun-soaked ground. Sanyu 
Sanyu arrives at a charming little cafe, with vines hanging down from a glass-walled porchway. Tables and chairs are positioned along the front, and around the side there are soaring yucca plants. Sanyu admires their emerald, sword-shaped leaves spilling outwards. He takes a seat at an empty table, directly beside one such plant. There, he browses the colorful menu, with a selection of dishes written down its center. The menu has a border of bright green leaves, dotted in places with crimson flowers. Just moments later, the waitress arrives. Sanyu orders a bowl of acai fruit and a plate of pancakes with whipped cream and chocolate. To drink, he orders fresh coconut water, served from within the coconut shell. While he's waiting for his food, he takes in his surroundings, including the customers dining around him. A lady sits nearby, taking mindful sips of her warm green tea. Elsewhere, a couple share a large fruit platter as they look over the pages of a travel book on barley. Music plays from inside the cafe. Slow, easy rhythms, like the tune of the ukulele. The beat seems to match the movement of the breeze and the gentle swaying of leaves and branches. Equally, it's suited to the footsteps of the waitress, who almost waltzes towards Sanyu's table. His drink is the first thing to be placed before him, a large green coconut that's been carefully cracked open. A straw has been inserted below the makeshift lid beside a decorative flower wedged into place. Next, he's presented with his acai bowl. It's as much a work of art as a meal to be eaten. Sanyu begins with a sip from the coconut, lifting the fruit with both of his hands. The water is cool and infinitely refreshing. It's just the elixir to quench his thirst. Then he turns to the acai, exquisitely presented in a handmade wooden bowl. Fruits and seeds have been arranged on its surface, creating a layered circle. The outside layer is formed of strawberry slices. Then there's white shredded coconut and crunchy granola. At the center of the bowl is a bright yellow mango, expertly sliced to appear like a flower. Below the toppings is the pulped acai, which is revealed as Sanyu scoops up a mouthful. It's been pureed to the texture of luxurious ice cream, 
and it's a striking shade of deep, dark purple. Sanyu enjoys every single mouthful in between sips of his coconut water. The bitter acai is balanced by the sweetness of the fruit toppings and honeyed granola. Sanyu remembers something he read about Ubud. Apparently, the town gets its name from the word for medicine. People originally came to Ubud for herbs and plants with healing properties. As Sanyu eats his meal, he understands why. The food is delicious, but also nourishing and restorative. It feels wonderful to eat something so fresh and colorful, something made from natural ingredients. Though it's as much a dessert as a brunch or breakfast, The same is true of the next dish he eats, a plate of pancakes delivered by the waitress. It arrives just as he's emptied his bowl, which the waitress takes with a beaming smile. Three warm pancakes have been layered on a plate and adorned with a crown of thick whipped cream. Beside the pancake is a pot of chocolate sauce and slices of banana that seem to have been caramelized. Sanyu takes the pot of warm chocolate and pours it over the cream-topped pancakes. He watches mesmerized as it trickles downwards, spilling between the layers and onto the banana. The luxurious dark chocolate reflects light like a mirror as it coats the sides of the golden pancakes. Sanyu savors each delicate mouthful of the chocolate-covered pancakes. The cream and chocolate make a great combination, and the golden pancakes are fluffy and cake-like. Sanyu's favorite is the caramelized banana, sweet like molasses but soft and fruity. When his plate is clear, he leans back in his chair. He sips from his coconut, feeling happy and satisfied. Sanyu hasn't decided on where he'll visit next. He's content to go where his feet take him. So that's what he does after paying and thanking the waitress for his truly scrumptious meal. He simply places one foot before the other, continuing along the road that brought him to the cafe. It's late afternoon, and the sun beams brightly in an azure sky. Sanyu is grateful for the gentle breeze. It cools his skin, which is warmed by the sunshine. He enjoys these feelings as he walks onwards, absorbing the surroundings of Ubud town.
he has a rough idea of his current location and knows that he's south of the market. So he isn't surprised when he sees a sign for the famous monkey forest just ahead on the pathway. Sanyu had planned to visit the sanctuary during his stay in Ubud, and this seems like the perfect opportunity. He's heard countless stories about the beauty of this place and the free-roaming monkeys that reside there, though he's also been advised to keep his belongings hidden as these mischievous creatures are expert thieves. He follows the path that winds downhill behind a few tourists heading the same way. Everyone strolls at the same easy pace, and they all wear the same awe-filled expressions. This is especially true as they arrive at the sanctuary, a vast and vibrant rainforest. Sanyu pauses beside the entrance, inhaling the magic of the trees around him. The air is thick with fresh woodland scents. Each inhale feels healing and restorative. And as he breathes out, he's filled with a sense of peace. Sanyu is reminded of his reading and the Balinese principle of Trihita Karana. This relates to the three components of well-being, harmony with gods, among humans, and with nature. Balinese Hindus believe that these three things lead to a harmonious life. The forest embodies this principle, combining three Hindu temples and a stunning nature reserve. Sanyu pauses to read an information board keen to learn more about the monkeys and their habitat. The forest, he reads, covers 30 acres. It includes over 180 species of plants and trees, and the area is home to about 600 macaques, known locally as the Balinese long-tailed monkey. The monkey forest is one of Bali's most famous attractions, welcoming up to 15,000 visitors each month. The macaques have grown used to human company. In general, they pay visitors little to no attention as they traverse the paths across the hilly woodland. Sanyu can hear the monkeys already. Their high-pitched squeaks punctuate the air against a backdrop of crickets and diverse bird life. He can see one now from his position near the entrance to the sanctuary. The monkey is sitting upright on a wooden handrail that runs beside the walkway. Its furry brown legs droop down relaxed while its hands rest at its sides. 
the monkey's gaze follows passing tourists, its head moving from side to side. The creature's overall demeanor is one of relaxed nonchalance. It seems more than happy to watch the world pass. Sanyu is amused by its human-like posture. It reminds him of a person relaxing on a seat. He also likes the idea of the monkeys watching their visitors, just as the humans have come to see them. Sanyu smiles as he passes this creature on his way into the forest. And as he gets closer, he notes its features. The monkey's exposed underside is a pale shade of grey. Its outer coat is a darker brown hue, though it sparkles and glitters when it catches the sunlight. Its long tail is a mixture of these colors and droops down behind the railings. This particular monkey has a patch of golden fur right on its head, like a crown. And it has hazel green eyes on a pinkish gray face with solid white markings arched above them. Sanyu suspects that this monkey is a male, as it has a moustache of fuzzy white fur. The moustache matches its white whiskers, resulting in a somewhat distinguished look. This sighting, of course, is the first of many, as monkeys roam happily throughout the forest. It's the perfect environment where they can thrive, and it's like no other place that Sanyu has visited. This forest has trees of every kind, each abundant with bright green leaves. Many are forty feet tall, and with their canopies so high up, the leaves seem as far away as stars. Sanyu's favorites are the banyan trees. Krishna, a major deity, is often portrayed resting on a banyan leaf. These massive trees fan out like umbrellas, with aerial roots hanging down from their branches. And among them are the muckaks, male and female, infants and seniors. Some walk on all fours along the wooden walkways, or scurry happily across the green forest floor. Others relax, lounging on roots and branches, enjoying a rest among leafy green canopies. Sanyu sees a monkey swinging through the air, leaping between the roots of the giant banyan trees. He also notes a mother sitting on a boulder, sweetly cradling an infant in her arms. The sanctuary is built on undulating land, with a deep ravine running through the grounds. There are slopes and stairways near the path, allowing access 
to the stream below. Sanyu enjoys the sound of running water, which becomes louder and fuller the further down he walks. It reminds him of the waterfall from earlier this morning, and the sound of the waves as he watched the sunrise. Most magical of all is the ravine crossing, also known as the Dragon Bridge. This old stone bridge has been expertly sculpted with dragons at its ends. These magnificent creatures wear elaborate headdresses, and their scales are adorned with a myriad of jewels. Like the various sculptures and statues of monkeys scattered throughout the forest, the bridge is covered with a layer of green moss. This only adds to its aura and mystique, that ancient stillness that seems to resonate from the stone. Patterns of sunlight flicker across its surface, where the rays break through the forest canopy. But most of the bridge rests in the shade of the many banyan trees. Their dangling roots hang at the sides of the bridge, like curtains falling from the sky. The roots sway gently in the afternoon breeze, and wherever monkeys have leapt across them. A large macaque sits on the bridge, right on the head of an ornate stone dragon. He pays Sanyu no attention. A pair of monkeys pass by, heading in the opposite direction. Others move freely across the stone and along the roots beside the bridge. Aside from the monkeys, there's no one else here. Sanyu takes a moment to pause on the bridge. He watches the stream through a gap in the tree roots, following its journey as it flows down the ravine. He observes the patterns the waves and the ripples. It's as if the sounds are washing his mind clean. Sanyu feels as if he's fallen into a postcard, or one of those paintings on sale at the market. He feels uniquely present is conscious of every sight and sound, as well as the deeper sensations in his own body. Again, he experiences that sense of connection with nature, wildlife, and the ground beneath his feet. It's as if he's become like a banyan tree with roots spilling out. He somehow feels more tethered to the land he walks on and more connected to the water, nature, and the spirit of Bali. A pair of small monkeys sit nearby 
facing each other. One is grooming the other's beige coat and meticulously picking through each section of fur. The other waits patiently, his head bent forward and his tail curled over the side of the bridge. When Sanyu leaves, this is still ongoing. He has the impression that they'll be there for a while. But they pass him just a few minutes later on his journey upwards to where the ground levels out. And he sees them again on the flat stone path among a crowd that have gathered around a man. The monkeys are feasting on a banquet of fruits and vegetables, corn, sweet potato, cucumber, and coconut. Sanyu's eyes follow a monkey who nibbles happily on a cob of golden corn. When he's finished eating, he quickly grabs another, taking it with him as he wanders towards a wall. The monkey then leaps over a low iron gate, which leads to the main temple. Entrance is forbidden, except for those in prayer but the resident monkeys go where they choose. Sanyu watches from behind the gate as a man in white robes lights sticks of incense. He places them before an altar of ancient mossy stone near offerings of bright crimson flowers. The man pauses before the altar, praying silently. The smell of incense wafts towards Sanyu. It's sandalwood and lemongrass, the same scents of the market. Sanyu is struck by a realization as he notes the appearance of the temple in the background. Its bright orange brickwork looks strangely familiar, rising upwards like a thin step pyramid. Though his view is obscured, he can make out some details an elaborate stone framework and carvings of lions. He can also see a doorway of decorative gold, glittering and otherworldly where it catches the sunlight. Sanyu realizes that it's the temple he saw earlier in the market the one painted in oil on canvas. Only now, it's alive with sound and color, and the movements of monkeys roaming around the stone in a leisurely manner. This is a moment that Sanyu will remember many months and years into the future. For him, it captures the essence of Bali, the spiritual world and the natural world, so beautifully combined. Later, 
he'll return to the market, and he'll purchase the painting of the orange temple. It will hang on his walls for a long time to come, a reminder of this treasured moment and the peace he felt here in Ubud.